0: Today, I want to deal with our hearts. We've been talking about rehab, and one of the things that I've taught you is that I believe that everybody needs to go through rehab. I believe it's kind of one of those things that we do. We have issues in our life, and sometimes we just forget them. We just don't dwell on them. We push them to the side. That's not a good thing. Sometimes I think in the church, people actually show up at church thinking that somehow just because we're here, we don't need to deal with stuff. One of the reasons that we come together is because God wants to deal with the things that are going on in our hearts. And we deal with them better together. We need to be together. We need to come together as two and three. We need to come together as a community. We need to be brothers and sisters because it is not God's will for your hearts to be troubled. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Just read that line with me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, there is more in that conversation. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will also come back. And I will take you to be with me that you also may be with me where I am. So, I mean, it's a powerful word. We use it also, often, but... So you understand when I read this scripture, you need to also know that that's not the only place that we see that our heart should not be troubled. It's not that you ignore your heart. It's that Jesus provides a way for our hearts to be healed. Anybody ever known somebody that needed a healed heart, a heart to be put back together? Are you here in the room right now? And you, if it wasn't for God, your heart was so busted up This is not just about the military. There are people that are wounded and broken. These particular disciples that we speak of today, the disciples of the Lord Jesus, who would later become the apostles, were about to have their hearts crushed. And if you look in the scriptures, John 13, John 14, 15, 16, and 17, you can read, you see the context, and then you hear the farewell discourse of our Lord Jesus. Jesus is giving them some training. If they'll pay attention, if they can hear through their wounds, if they can hear through their pain, they're going to get this. Now, you remember some of this in the Gospel of John. John has a beautiful way. John, he calls himself the beloved disciple, the disciple that Jesus loves. As you look through this story, you'll see John as he talks about certain things that happened all the way back in John 13. Do you remember where Jesus washes the feet of his disciples? How strange is that to wash feet and that be a beloved moment. Has anybody ever had their feet massaged before? I think that's kind of cool. I'm just saying, but, uh, this is not a foot massage. This is an act. It's one of those chores that you may not like to do and nobody wants to do, but it gets done. Uh, anybody have someone in your life that does laundry? Anybody? Anybody? Come on, anybody have somebody that does laundry? Somebody praise God for somebody who will do the laundry. I have done laundry before. I have. I want you to know. But uh, if I compare the few times that I've done the laundry to the many, many, many times that my wife has done the laundry, she wins. Okay? And it's not because when we got married, we wrote down on this list, you will do the laundry. Okay? And you will take out the trash. All right. I mean, it's not that we have some things that might be typical for some individuals. But uh, when my wife does the laundry, I, you know, somehow, miraculously, uh, the underwear that we threw away shows up clean and folded in my drawer. And I am personally grateful, you know. So I... I want you to see this moment because the service that we do, whether it be something that you do for a friend or a neighbor, when you serve somebody, you know, when you notice that your neighbor hasn't been able to get out and cut the grass and you're just irritated about it and you decide that you will go over and cut it, you have a couple of choices. You can do that just because you don't want your neighborhood to look a mess or you can go over and do that because you want to show love. Jesus is showing a great act of love when he gets on his knees and he takes the shoes off of the feet, the sandals off of the feet of the disciples who have walked in. And they're not walking in the nice Nikes that you're walking in. They're walking in sandals on dusty, muddy, not asphalt roads. And Jesus, in an act of love, shows them, I'm going to love you. I'm going to do things that you would not anticipate doing. I'm going to do loving things. He's doing this because he's going to show them later. He's going to say I want you to love one another in John 13, 34. That's what he says. He says this. A new command. Everybody say the word command. Command. Do I have any military who understand that concept? Command. Say command. A command I give you. This is not you can or cannot do this. Make up a decision on your own. No. And there are all kinds of other statements that he will make. Like forgive each other. Don't hold fault. Don't Don't walk in bitterness. This command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. You've got to. You can hear the urgency. Not you must love, but you must. Watch what I'm doing. Watch the way I care for you. Love each other the way that I have loved you. I love this. I love this. And I've heard this statement quite a bit. We are in this together. But I don't think anybody gets this like the church gets it. We're in this together means we're gonna love each other through it. We're gonna, am I right? We're gonna love one another through it. Jesus taught us to love one another. Now, I'm so grateful. I mean, Joshua had no idea that I was gonna teach out of this particular teaching today. So it kind of just, the Holy Spirit knew about this. So you know this moment, you know this moment in John chapter 13. Verse number 36, 37, and 38. Simon Peter asked Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Why did he ask this question? Because Jesus keeps telling them, like in John 14. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. He says, I'm going to prepare a place. And then the disciples start saying things, Lord, how can we go? And Jesus says, you know the way. I am the way. And they're struggling with this because Jesus is telling them things like, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be arrested. I'm, I'm going to be crucified. They're going to kill me. But after three days, I'm going to rise again. But how can you get past that? You, have you ever had somebody that died and you knew that they were going to heaven? But it's like you couldn't get to heaven because you were dealing with the pain of the passing. Jesus loves his disciples. He has served them. He's taught them to do so much. And in teaching them, he walked with them. Discipleship for Jesus wasn't just, here's a book, read it, and answer the questions at the end of the chapter. That's not what it was. Jesus said, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. So as they're following Jesus, they see him as he loves people, as he has compassion on them, as he feeds them, as he... Breaks bread and blesses it, and miraculously feeds thousands of people. As he goes to people that others will not touch, and he touches them and he heals them. How he talks to a man who's in a tree, who nobody else cares about, and Jesus loves them. They they follow him, and he talks to them about the kingdom of God and preaches the good news. And then he says, "Oh, by the way, guys, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna be murdered. How do you think these guys feel?" Peter is not saying, Lord, where are you going? Just a question, just a question. And then Jesus says, oh, you can't follow. The Lord says, why can't? And Peter says, why can't I follow you? I'll lay down my life. That's not the way it goes. That's not the emotion. Got any actors in the house? Anybody in theater, in the room? One or two of you know what I'm talking about? Just a little theater. Listen, listen, Peter... If this was theatrically, if it was contextually presented, when Jesus told him that he was going away, all they could hear is, Jesus is going away. That was not our plans. Like all of us, we're here together right now, and nobody really has a plan to die. That's why everybody is so frightened right now. What? What? we're going to die. We weren't thinking about that. Now you're really going to have to face up to some issues. Jesus says, I'm going to die. I'm going to be scourged. I'm going to be beaten. They're going to abuse me. They're going to hurt me. Peter, what? Jesus, you're what? You're going to die? What do you mean? Lord, what are you talking about? Can you see the tears in his face? Can you see the brokenness in his heart? I, we planned on you to be the Messiah. and We had an idea about it. You're breaking everything. Don't die, Jesus. You can almost see him holding on to his legs. Don't you go anywhere, Jesus. Jesus says, Peter, you can't follow me where I'm going. You're going to follow me later, but right now you can't follow me. Peter's not registering anything, and then Jesus said, said, and Peter says, Lord, why can't I follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. I will die for you, Jesus. And then Peter, then Jesus says, really? Will you lay down your life for me? Now he's getting to his heart. He opens up his heart and exposes it. Basically, he says, Peter, you don't know what you're going to do. And he throws this out before the rooster crows, before the morning. Before morning, you will deny me at least three times. Now listen, Jesus isn't saying, you won't die, you're not gonna lay down your life. You're just gonna, you'll deny me three times. That's not what Jesus is doing. He's saying, Peter, this is about your heart. Your heart is being shaped in this broken moment in your life. I'm, you're being changed. You're going to have to face some realities that you've never, ever faced before. Peter, Peter, please know that you're struggling. And I want listen, can I talk to my family right here? Right now, what you're going through, you're struggling with, what you're happen- with what's happening. You're struggling. You're speculating. You're dealing with all kinds of mess. And you don't know. You're, you're responding in different ways. You don't know what's happening. Some of you have lost loved ones. Your hearts are crushed. I can hear Jesus because when Jesus is saying this to Peter, here's what he's saying. It's all under this heading. I don't want your heart to be crushed. I don't want your heart to be troubled. I want to restore your heart. During the seasons like this, I like to watch a military movie. I've never been on the battlefield uh, in, in the ways that you have, again, where's my veterans? There you are, all right. Good to see man. I've never been there, but uh, you know, when I watch a movie, it kind of helps me if they capture. There have been some movies I think that probably have captured it well. I've asked uh, some of my veterans on occasion, what's a good movie? I haven't asked anyone about this one because I don't know too many veterans that were in World War I. Uh, No, I've got a great uncle that was in World War II who is still alive. Uh, My uncle Cecil, 95 years old. And uh, yeah, it's here from my uncle Cecil. All right. Love you wherever you are. Love him. I was his favorite great nephew. I just thought I'd throw that out. At least I always felt that way when I was hanging around him as a kid. The movie is 1917. Anybody seen the movie? Uh, It's about a guy... I'll show you a picture of him. Lance Corporal Schofield. If you haven't watched the movie, I'm not sure it's a kid's movie to watch, uh, but wow, what a movie. S- served with the British in World War I. He's a fictional character, but, but he's based... Upon another character. The story is based upon a character who was a messenger. Lance Corporal. I, you know, how many have heard of Lance Corporal before? Okay, you know, Marines work. Okay, some of you guys know about that. I, I, I didn't know so much about Lance Corporal. I heard about Corporal, you know, but Lance Corporal. Lance Corporal is an old term. The idea of Lance is this the Lance. This is somebody who gets the promotion to Lance Corporal because they've had some experience. They've probably broken a few lances in battle. He's a Lance Corporal. He and his, and his friend, Lance Corporal Blake. The two of them are given the responsibility while they are entrenched in the battle against uh, the enemy. The enemy has backed up and there are 1,600 of his comrades that are way ahead of them who are now attacking them. They don't have cell phones. They don't have radios in order to get the message. So they elect two. The, their commanding officer says, I need you. Schofield, Blake, I need the two of you to go past all the battlefields, chase down where the enemy has been entrenched, and I want you to tell the enemy, I want you to tell uh, the commanding officer to retreat because the reason they have retreated is to draw them into an ambush. And we have seen this through aerial reconnaissance. So the two take the job. Interestingly enough, for, Lieutenant, uh, for Lance Corporal Blake, his brother is a part of that community. However, there are at least 1,600 that are all walking into an ambush. And so, spoiler alerts, you know, most of what I've just told you is uh, in the, uh, if, you, if you just look at the trailer. But the rest is major spoiler. Watch it anyway. So uh, they fight through fields they walk through fields where there is no battle but the ground has been tr- destroyed the homes have been destroyed the trees have been burned they just keep walking they're attacked on occasion they step over body after body after body after body trying to get the message across so that their comrades will not die in battle. They keep walking. These two soldiers marching through all of the horrendous battlefields. Both of them will not make it out alive. Now, this is a strange moment. The picture that I'm showing you is a strange moment where some would say it's over, but I would say it's not. It's just the beginning. Because at the end of the battle... Lance Corporal Schofield finally passes the message to the commander who receives the message, withdraws the 1600 comrades, and then they thank him and he's left standing there. And then he looks at some pictures of his wife and his children with a note on the back of it that says, please come back to us. He puts them down and he leans back against the tree and my heart explodes. Because it's the end of the movie, but it's not the end of a life. You understand what I'm saying? Peter is struggling. Peter is about to go through a battle that he's never went through before. He's about to see the one that he loves more than anyone else die. And then he's going to see that individual go away. And he's going to have to deal with the hurt, with the difficulties that are in his life. His heart is crushed, beaten, destroyed. And he fails miserably. That very evening, he fails. How many have ever failed before? Wave at me if you've ever failed before. How many have ever failed and you didn't think you were going to fail? You had, you know, I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to mess this up. Jesus explains some of what's going on in this farewell discourse in John 15. In John 15, he says, Now, guys, I've told you all these things that I'm telling you so that, you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And we just think Jesus is talking about happiness. I want you all to be happy, right? It's like it's weird to say happy Memorial Day, right? I mean, it's, it's sad. It's a somber moment, and we need seasons such as this. But Jesus says, I want your joy, my joy to be in you, that your joy may be complete and he says this, my command is this, and he goes back, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And then in verse 18, he says, this is so your joy will be complete. All right, you're gonna get joy out of this. Greater love is no man than to lay down his life for his friends. Anybody feeling better? And then he says, if the world hates you, just keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Hey, Jesus, I thought you were going to make our joy complete, but I don't Feel like it right now. I, you know, this was supposed to be nachos and tacos, you know, we're just sitting around having some food, being happy, let some balloons. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I don't want your heart to remain crushed. I'm gonna tell you some hard, straight truth so that you can get through this. Peter, you're gonna deny me. They will persecute you, they will threaten you. After three days, though, I'm going to rise again. And your joy will be made complete. And you're going to go through persecution and difficulty. Listen, don't just listen to the scripture. I want you to see what's going on here. They're going to see a gruesome crucifixion. And then they're going to try to put the pieces together. They're going to be persecuted. So, listen, so we don't get ambushed here ourselves in the middle of this pandemic. Would you embrace this moment with me? How many have ever been in a situation where you did not know what to do? All right? Got any dads in the room? Got any dads? Where's my daddy? John, Johnny? Johnny? Daddy, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody remember the anybody remember the first time you dealt with a blowout? How many know what I'm talking about when I say blowout? Anybody ever had a baby before and they blew it out? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you're there and you look at, you look at the baby and you say, ooh. You know, I have deep wounds in my heart from being a young father. So as a grandfather, I just kind of disappear at certain times. You can It's in the air. Or you can see it already blown out. Because if you mess with those things, it will get all over you. And I know you think that's kind of a gruesome illustration, but can I tell you? You can get in situations where the poop will get all over you. And you won't even recognize it or deal with it. You'll say something stinks here, but I ain't doing nothing about it. Am I preaching to anybody in the room? Anybody online? You know what I'm saying? See, the problem is is that we don't recognize the problem. That's the problem. I'm talking about rehab. I said the problem is that we don't recognize the problem. That's the problem. Out of John 13. The problem is Peter said, Lord, can I follow you? Will you, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. And, and, and Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Peter doesn't recognize the problem, and we often don't recognize the problem, and that's why we do all other things. We find all kinds of ways to deal with it. I don't have a problem. Somebody says, hey, why are you acting this way? Why are you a control freak right now? What's going on with your addictions? Why are you looking at things you should not be looking at? Why are you doing this? What's going on? You need to recognize the problem, my heart has been crushed. I'm upset. I'm hurting on the inside. Jesus doesn't want you just to feel pain. Jesus wants to heal your broken hearts. It's always been that we've had problems. Do you understand this? I don't, think, I don't think people get it so much. I have I had a great-grandfather that nobody talks about too much. Great-grandfather. Anybody ever heard me use this term? I love Lucy. Anybody ever heard me say that before? When I say I love Lucy, what I'm saying is I have a great-grandmother who gave her life to Jesus and brought her family into the kingdom of God. Now, her husband's name was Dick, and he was a World War I vet. But all I know about him is that he was a drunk. That's all I know. He was a drunk he used to work on the railroads, and he would jump train cars, and he was just a mess. He was, you know, my precious grandfather's daddy, but I don't hear anything good about him. I didn't even know he was a World War I vet, but there was a picture of Dick and Lucy that I remembered when I was a child growing up in my grandmother's house, ha- not growing up, but visiting. It was always hanging on the wall. After she passed away, I began to ask where that picture was. It was one of those round oval frames, and it was kind of an oval glass at the front of it, and it was a picture of my great-grandparents. I wanted that picture. My uncle had it underneath his sofa. He pulled it out, and I said, man, I'd love to have that. And he said, good. You have not because you asked not. He gave it to me. It's hanging on my house, in my house. But that's not the only picture I have. I have another picture because I opened it up, and underneath that picture was the World War I picture of my grand, great-grandfather. The, I didn't realize that. then it all hit me. All I knew was he was a drunk. He was one of these guys in 1917. He was one of those guys who fought, who fought in difficult times, who stood with a bayonet on the end of his rival, who fought hand to hand, and he comes back. There's nobody to talk to him about his pain, nobody to talk to him about his issues, and he lives his life, a good, hard-working man, and he dies with a broken heart. I love my Uncle Dick. My, excuse me, my great-grandpa Dick. I love him. I love him. I never knew him, but I wish I could have told him that he's not the only one that had a, a problem. Anybody ever heard of Adam and Eve? Did you know Adam and Eve had a problem? They just did not acknowledge their problem. Adam, perfect man, growing up in the garden, didn't have to work, just running around the garden, didn't know, just, just knew God, got to talk to God. And, you know, God looks at him and says, you know, he could use a wife. Makes him a wife, brings wife, drops wife right next to Adam, Adam goes, whoa, man. That's my interpretation. They just run around the garden, living life, till the enemy shows up and they don't acknowledge the problem. They don't acknowledge the problem. They fail miserably. Anybody remember King David? David, great man, kills Goliath, brings the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. Makes a house of worship there. Great writer, psalmist. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, leadeth me beside the still waters. I mean, we know his psalms. Remember David? One day, he's just hanging around the house, looks over the balcony. You know the rest of the story. It causes great brokenness, brings death to a comrade, All kinds of difficulty in his life. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Last week, I talked to you a little bit about some of David's problems, some of his inner wounds. We have this. Listen, you might say, I've never been to battle. Some of you have been to battle and you don't even know it. And God wants your heart restored. He wants you to deal with some of these things. Stop pretending like I'll never struggle. And know this, all of us have the same problem if we just recognize the problem kind of goes back to some old stuff, right? Here's an acronym. Anybody ever been to a bar? Betrayal, abuse, rejection. Anybody ever been there before? And you say, yeah, I've been betrayed before. I've been abused before. I've been rejected before. We could go into all of the stories, but when I look at those things, I've got a story for the B, I've got a story for the A, and I've got a story for the R. And when I look at them and I remember what happened to me in my life and how I've had to deal with it, and sometimes I made really bad decisions because I was dealing with this rather than taking it to Jesus and getting the healing that I needed. I, I developed wounds and fears. Come on, you can't just lean against a tree. You need to open up. You need to deal with the junk that's going on in your life. And that's what Jesus was saying. I want my joy to be in your life. You love one another. I want you to do some things, my disciples, my children. I want you to do something. I'm going to call you my friends because you do what I say. I'm going to call you my friends because I love you. You're still my servants, but I'm calling you a friend. And I want you to love one another. I'm, I'm demanding that you wash each other's feet, that you care for one another, that you talk with one another, that you get open, that you confess your sin to one another. If not, you'll get caught in the mess. God wants to heal your heart. Let me close by just saying this to you, okay? Just a few ways that the Lord wants to heal your heart. First of all, He's telling us, don't deny the pain. I ain't mean, nothing hurting me. I don't have any problems. You ever looked at somebody in the face and said, You hey, know, what's going on? What's wrong? And I said, nothing wrong with me. And that's like saying, There's something wrong. Keep talking. Don't deny it. In that movie in 1917. Sitting at the tree is not removing the pain. Admit it. Talk about it. Talk about how you're dealing with it. Talk about the the issues. Because some people say, well, you see, the struggle that I have is that I'm an addict. And you know there's a lot more addictions rather than just alcohol and drugs. It might be a control issue. It might be like that You're, you're, you're addicted to gossip. You say, I don't gossip. It's fun to gossip. I deal with my pain by talking about how much better I am than everybody else. It got real quiet in the room. Is it quiet online right now? I don't know. (laughs) Talk about them because you need to, you know, if you go to AA, they're not just going to say, stop drinking, stop drinking, stop drinking, stop drinking. You know what they're going to say? You need help from God. You need, I know they use the term higher power, but, but you need help from God. And we need to talk about what you're not talking about. I love me some AA. Tell your story. Tell the preacher. Talk to your children. Tell your brothers. Tell your sisters. Get in the community. Go somewhere. Open up your heart. Expose the wounds. Come on. Join living waters at Freedom sometime. Get involved in some soul care. Do whatever you got to do to deal with what's going on in your heart. Am I preaching okay? Come on. Cynthia. Okay. I'm a counselor. Stay around people who really love you. Get around people who really love you. That command, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. People who love you will invest in you. Jesus says, love as I have loved. Speak. I need people who love you. Here you go. Stop disconnecting with people who tell you the truth. I think sometimes we use certain terminology. I just don't want to be around people who are judgmental. But sometimes when your heart is wounded, everybody is judgmental. People who will talk with you, that you can talk to. People that will go on the journey with you. People that will grow with you. People that will be honest about their own lives. People that, here's a word, people that love me will hold me accountable. And will allow me to hold them accountable as well. I don't need anybody talking to me about nothing. You got to be careful, folks. Even your religion can become your addiction. You just come and clap your hands and shout hallelujah, but never really dealt with all the poop on the inside. Thirdly, let Holy Spirit help. Everybody say that. Let Holy Spirit help. Do you like that? Because this is what Jesus said in John 14. He said, all this I have spoken while you sit with me, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send my name, will teach you. He will counsel you in all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. Circle that word peace in your notes. Peace. Holy Spirit I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What he's saying is, here's how your hearts are not going to be troubled. Here's how you're going to live not controlled by fear. You're going to welcome Holy Spirit into your life. Next week, Pentecost Sunday. Welcome Holy Spirit in your life. And he is going to lead you. You in paths of peace. You say, I don't know if I need a Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about just jumping up and down Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about just prophesying Holy Spirit. I'm talking about Holy Spirit that will never leave you, never forsake you, be with you always. Jesus. Verse 33 of John 16, yeah, I've told you these things. So that in me you may have peace in this world, you will have trouble, but take your heart, take heart, take courage. I have overcome the world. Let me let me just finish here. You ready? Anybody ready for this? How many have ever been betrayed and abused? Where are you? Wave wave at me. Where are you? I'm, I'm finishing. This is the conclusion of my message. How many have been betrayed? How many have been abused? How many, how many have been rejected? You Put your arm, arms down. Okay, don't, don't respond by answering this with your hands raised. Answer this in your heart. How many are completely over it? Some are pretty well over it. How many are walking around in a f- flesh suit? I'm walking in a flesh suit. I don't know if you noticed this. Okay, but I'm packing. No, no, I'm not talking about a weapon. Somebody's it. I'm packing a heart that has a trigger on it. From my past, when I hear a story about a child that has been abused, it pulls on that, and I have to deal with this. I sometimes have to go back and forgive somebody. Oh, I will do something about it. You know what I'm saying? I will work with it, but at the same time, because of my wounds. Anybody relate? Don't make me, am I all by myself? Is there anybody that loves me out there? I'm saying that we're, we're packing. We have this heart that sometimes erupts, sometimes explodes. And Jesus says, I don't want your heart to be troubled. I like this term, take heart. I know what it means, but I just like this translation. In other words, take your heart back. I need my heart whole. I need it whole. I need it well. Listen to me online this morning. You need your heart well again. Take your heart back. Take heart. Another word for for taking your heart back is take courage. Take courage. Keep walking. Keep following Jesus. I've got good news for you. You're about to get your heart restored. Somebody praise God with me. Would you? You're about to get your heart restored. You needed me to preach this to you online today. You need it here. Stand with me. Stand with me as I finish. Come on, let's give thanks to the Lord for his word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Joshua 1 and 9. It's a theme scripture for us. Be strong and of good courage. Shout it. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you're watching online, you can call 757-428-3277. You can email prayer at comegetfree.org. There's people waiting on your phone call right now. You're struggling with your heart. And you say, well, who do I talk to? I'm in this house all by myself. I've been quarantined for three months, and I can't even get out on the front porch. That might be a heart issue more than a virus issue. Did I get an amen there? Sometimes things, moments like this trigger us. But some of you are struggling, not just with addictions. You're struggling with a history. You're struggling with your past. You're struggling with wounds in your life. And God wants you to go through rehab. Would you open your hands like this with me? Just open your hands like this. I know you've got all kinds of vision on how this is done. How many know God is good? Anybody know that? Jesus doesn't dangle a gift out in front of you and say, no, you can't have it. Here, this is for you. No, sorry. Do you want this? No, can't have it. Just kidding. It's really mine. You can't have it. Jesus said, it's better for you if I go away. Because if I don't wait go away, the comforter will not come. But if I go away, I will pray the Father and he will send you. A comforter, counselor paraclete. Paraclete is the, is, is, is the Greek word. It is one just like myself, only rather than walking in a flesh suit, he will be inside of you, and he will counsel you like John. You should read John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 today. Read it, because here's what he's saying. He's saying, I will come on the inside of you. My spirit will rest inside of you. I'll teach you how to talk. Yes, I'll use you in spiritual giftings, but more than anything, I'm going to begin by counseling, counseling you through your broken heart. So say this with me. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Now say it. Close your eyes. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Online, say it. Welcome, Holy Spirit. He is here. He's not hiding from you. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Come, speak to me. Teach me. Heal me. Lead me to my brothers and sisters. Help me to open up and trust you. Help me to tell my story. There are veterans that are watching right now and it is not God's will for you to live broken by PTSD the rest of your life. He will use that broken story. He will use those wounds. So I pray for my veteran brothers and sisters who are struggling because of memories, because of old wounds. I speak the healing of Christ and I say, speak up. Talk to somebody. Talk to me. Talk to your companion. Speak, weep, cry. Let the joy of the Lord come inside of you. I'm speaking also to individuals. You've got stories. You've got wounds. Begin to talk about it now. Talk about it. Call somebody. Call somebody here at the church. Send me an email on prayer at comegetfree.org. Holy Spirit, come fill us. Heal us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. As you came in this morning, some of you, picked up a little cup and a wafer just like this. Would you get that in your hand right now? I'm preaching like I'm crazy today. I, anybody love the Word of God today? I'm, I'm feeling healing as we receive God's Word. Hold this in your hands. The, the body of our Lord Jesus. The blood of our Lord Jesus. The body and the blood of Christ. If you did not receive one, ushers are standing in the, hall, uh, in the aisleway. These disposable cups, you can throw them away at the end of the service. Take them in your hand. Jesus said, I'll never leave you, forsake you. He said, I want you to get together and I want to be a part of the gathering. He said, don't kick me out of the room. Receive me. Don't just receive me in your hands, but receive me in your heart. Receive me in your life. Take the bread. Jesus broke the bread. He said, my body, the body of Christ, broken for you. Take, if you're online, take take a cracker, take whatever you have nearby, receive this with me my body broken for you taken eat it in remembrance of me and then he said my blood say blood of the blood of jesus say the blood of jesus the blood of jesus that is poured out for you the blood of the new covenant the words of the lord the blood of the new covenant The lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Not only did he take away my sins, but he is taking away my sins. So Lord, we just remove every sin. We confess it and stand before you. And now Lord, you see us as the broken vessels as we are. Come and cleanse us. Receive the cup of the Lord. If you need prayer today, Someone will pray with you. You're welcome to come and stand at the altar. Of course, unless you're coming together with your family, separate yourselves and stand here in the altar, someone will come and pray with you. I bless you now. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Turn His countenance toward you. And by His Spirit, give you peace. The peace of Christ. Father, we thank You. We thank You. Would you pray? If you're there with family, just pray with them right there where you are. Take them by the hand and pray one for another. If you want prayer, come and stand in the altar and someone will meet you here and pray with you. The Lord bless you. God bless you all. Thank you for joining me online. Thank you for coming to the house. Please take a flower in honor of someone and place it in our memorial garden in the front yard. God bless you all. Be dismissed when you choose. Jesus.